23. This is a uh, scripture we normally use at, at uh, funerals. And uh, we do a lot of time, I do gravesides sometimes, and I use this scripture. Uh, most of us can quote it. But I, I, I just felt a quickening of the Spirit the other day. And uh, Psalms 23, but I'm, it's only six verses. But I noticed how David ended this little psalm or this little song and it just struck me and I thought I, I had no idea what to say but I had a thought and that's how normally how God gives you stuff. Amen. And says preach on this. Well, what do I say God? Well you, you'll figure it out. Here's the thought. Psalms 23 and 6. Watch this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now here's the part. Here's the part that that, that it don't set right with us and again it doesn't set right with tradition my flesh doesn't really like this that much amen but this is this is he's saying something here and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever there's so much good in Psalm 23 uh, that when we get down to the bottom it's just a little ending there that doesn't mean much we just kind of go over it I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This, this proclamation was the closing statement at the end of this lesson or this homily. David, it seems, declared and gave notice to everybody that based upon what he had just preached or just sung, I'm gonna be a part of God's house and what's going on in the house of God, I'm gonna do that forever. I want everybody to know that. Now, before I let you be seated, we all know this already, but let me throw this out. Listen, there is and has been an all-out attack on the gathering together of God's people. It's every human reasoning and every partial scripture and and everything in the world. Well, I can pray at home and I can live for God at home. And God's spirit, when he, he, he's in, you know, I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. All that's true, but not, it's not totally true. <laughs> Amen. God established a church. He built it upon a rock. <laughs> not just any rock, but that rock was the revelation of who he was and who he is. And so he, he built a church. And he said, the gates of hell, oh, they try, all right. They come against us all the time. Amen. You young people, you got a lot of things vying and pulling on you and, and everything in the world, amen, to keep you out of the house of God. I'm probably gonna say this more than one time. You do receive power. Jack, you need to listen to me, buddy. Amen. If I could, I just told God right here just a few moments ago, Brother Green, God, I don't know how to save my grandkids. I don't know how to get the desire. I, I, run, I bug them. I worry them. I aggravate them. I frustrate them. I don't know how to do that. God, I need your help. You've got to be the one to put it in their spirit and put it in their heart. Where they will get to the place where they can't wait till church time. I can't wait. 
This is how we're going to win this war. Listen, God made a, God built a situation here for us. Amen. It's his church. You can't make it on your own. Let me just tell you now. You can't make it on your own. You're going to get sidetracked. Your flesh is going to take over. The enemy is going to move in and start preaching all kind of stuff to you. You need a church. You need, you need regular input from a preacher, bishop, teacher. Awesome teaching, Brother Johnson. Awesome teaching on the book of Acts. Listen, listen, wonderful people out there, all kind of churches, wonderful. They believe in Jesus. But the reason there's nobody getting the Holy Ghost, because they're not preaching it. The reason nobody, listen, that some people get healed in spite of them. That's how bad they want to be healed and how much God wants to heal them. But, but, but listen, we need a, we're looking for a wave of healings and miracles and blessings and Holy Ghost outpourings. You get that when you preach that. And so we're just going to keep preaching it, keep talking about it, keep telling about it. Amen. And we're going to watch God operate and move in the hearts of individuals. Amen. And they're going to love this liberty when they get here. I'm not saying this is the only place. I, you know, I don't have a corner on God. Not saying that at all. Amen. But, but God does move here. Hallelujah. And if you're near here, you're in driving distance, I hope you get a revelation and an understanding that I can't make it without my brothers and without my sisters. Hallelujah. Just so you know, just before you're seated, amen. U.S. and Canada, we had last year, 2015, I'm talking about the church now. We had a 16% growth last year. Amen. 4,600 churches we have that come under the UPCI right now. 4,600, amen, churches. You can't do that by yourself, friend. Amen. Hey, the offering, over $2,000 to send to Christmas for Christ that helps home missionaries. I can't do that, but we're all working people. We just, you know, we just kind of making it along here. We don't have a lot of money to give. That's not the only offering we send out of here. We, we send out Sunday school offerings. It goes all over our country and all kind of missions. And we support missions. And by the way, speaking of missions, we have missionaries in 212 nations. Preaching this Acts 2.38, this Holy Ghost message, baptism in Jesus' name. That's what, that's what I can't do and you can't do. But together, amen, as a church, then we can get some things done. God knows that and that's why he established the church. Hallelujah. Glad you're here. Amen. Look around, shake hands with a couple people if they're close by. Amen. Don't start a fellowship meeting, but hey, just shake hands and smile at them and I'll get to preaching here. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, there may be some things in my life that I don't have victory over. Y'all need to listen to me right now. I think I'm gonna preach to you a little bit here. Amen. I said there may be some things that we do not have victory over. We may come in here with guilt 
over some of those things. I, I did it again. I messed up again. My mouth, amen, just kind of overloaded my cart here. And so I find myself in an altar again, or I find myself repenting again. I just can't seem to get it together. Listen, there are people who don't come to church, men especially, because they don't feel like they can measure up. We do set standards around here. We do set goals around here. Amen. And so I think goals are very important. They have a value. But, but we don't stand back with a stick or something in case you don't make the goal. Everybody's welcome in this church. Hopefully there, there can be some encouragement today that you can make it and you can do it and you can do better. All right? But don't take the goals away, all right? Don't take the standards. Don't let all of that down. One guy said, oh, I said, what are y'all preaching in your church? He said, well, we don't preach any doctrine. Just the moving of the spirit. <laughs> How do you do that? I said, that within itself is a doctrine. Doctrine just simply means teaching. So in other words, he just said, we don't teach anything. We just get in there and let, you can't do that. You can't have a business. You can't have any kind of an organization. You can't even have a basketball team or a football team without rules and regulations. Somebody has to be taught. Amen. And by the way, a basketball game without a goal would be some weird game. There has to be a goal and you have to shoot for that goal. All right. And so we don't make it. We're, we're, we're human. Don't quit because you've not measured up yet. Just make the proclamation. Amen. Stand up on a hill or on a rooftop and tell the whole world. Go ahead and agree, like the scripture says, with our, with our adversary quickly in the way. You know how you do that? Yes, I am a sinner. Yes, you're right. How you, how's he going to fight and argue with you if you just go ahead and confess that you're a nobody? But somewhere, somehow, into our preaching and teaching, we don't intend to do this, but, but, but we give off the idea somehow, or at least we pick up the idea that, man, if I don't just get victory over everything, if I don't almost rapture like every day, I'm just Mr. Holy, Hope not holier than thou. Well, then I'm just, man, I'm just going to, no, you just say like David, amen, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to bring my troubles here. I'm going to bring my shortcomings here. All those areas that I need help in, I'm going to bring them here. I'm going to be like Cornelius. I'm going to keep praying. Amen. And my prayers are going to go up before as a memorial before the Lord. After a while, God's going to notice him. Man, he ain't too much. He's not doing too well. He's messing up over here. But he just keeps on praying. He just keeps on coming to church. Hallelujah. I'm getting something out of this, and I'm probably not doing a good job at delivering it, but I'm going to give it a try here. Amen. Hallelujah. The 23rd Psalm is a wonderful, inspirational, and, and sometimes challenging psalm. Amen. David came away from this encouraging song with a, with a renewed honor and respect for God's house. That's how he ended it. Oh, we love God. We're all Christians. We're all believers. You go to church. Why? Well, we don't. People, listen, here's the problem, people. If, if I got to looking, I couldn't find a perfect enough church either. 
that's where the revelation comes in. That's where the understanding comes in. Amen. Listen, we, we, get, we get beyond, you know, who's at church and who all we see and what they do and how holy or how unholy they may. It goes beyond that. You ever make that connection with Jesus? Amen. And he begins to live inside of you. Let me tell you something, friend. You won't pay a whole lot of attention to folks around you. Go, go ahead and understand this right off. People are not going to please you. I came in in a whole different era, and you understand that. You, we come up in the '60s, and and you know it was you know it was boss man time. You know you just you just when somebody said jump, you just said how high and which direction. You didn't ask no question. We're in a different time. I understand that now, and so I have to understand that while I'm preaching to you, something has to appeal to you. It has to be your idea. You know, my granddaughter, she's a little sweetheart. I see several little granddaughters. I, I want to hug them all. Amen. But I've learned this. You can offer her food. You can want to do something. She don't want to do none of that. And like three seconds later, that's what she wants to do. And I figured that out pretty quick. She wants to do whatever she wants to do. And she wants to do it when she wants to do it. She don't want nobody telling her what to do and when to do it. Do you know something? Some of us, that's part of the human nature. We're all just a little bit like that. And so I'd, love, I'd rather the inspiration of God, amen, come on us. And we do just like David, amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling everybody, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. For, listen, you can't get rid of me out of here, amen. I know the church is not perfect, starting in this pulpit, amen. You could start here and go any direction you want and find a lot of imperfection, but that has nothing to do or very little to do, if any, amen, with my relationship with God. Hallelujah. Let's read the 23rd Psalm and let's give the foundation only six verses. Amen. And I'll just kind of read over it kind of fast. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, in other words, I don't need anything if I've got him. Hallelujah. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me. <laughs> I don't want to let you. You know, you go lay down a little while. <laughs> He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What this means is that death is near. You're not dead yet, but the shadow of it is on you. When a shadow of something is on you, that means that the, the real thing is close by. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for that fear. Somebody said it here today. Can't remember who it was, but that's a common thing. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, listen, there's some folks, there's guys here that would probably fight a grizzly. Not afraid. You don't want to pick a, you know, it's hard to go by looks too. That's, you can't tell. You like looking at a wimpy looking guy? Or, a little, or just a soft looking guy. You're like, man, I could take him out. You don't know that. Anybody ever watch MMA? <laughs> I know, it's bad. <laughs> I just take a peek every once in a while. And I'm like, and, and I'm looking at it like, man, that guy, he looks soft. You see the big muscled up guy, he gets knocked out in the first round. 
In other words, not every time, but they can fool you. It's guys, you better not, you better not mess with them. They don't look like much, but they will take you out. If you did get a lick and you knocked them across the room, you ain't done nothing. They just get right back up and come right back at you. So you got to be careful. And some, listen, men that are not afraid of anything like that, but yet when it comes to the supernatural and the spiritual thing, ooh, oh, yeah. That's why, that's why nighttime, that's why dark, darkness is. I, do, I, I have friends. Hey, hey, I have to, I can go ahead and name this guy. Dusty Frierson. Y'all, we love him to death. We love Dusty to death. I mean, he's a big guy. But he's afraid of his own shadow when it comes to stuff that he can't see. When they, when they, when they moved down there to Pulaski to start the church, one of the buildings they rented was a, was a, uh, a funeral home. <laughs> and they had a Sunday night I think they had a Sunday night service and, and so they forgot something in the, in the building well it was, he did alright as long as everybody was in the building and he's preaching and all the lights are on well they had to go back to the church and all the lights are out he sent his wife in <laughs> to get hey honey I, 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 I'll wait in the car you, you just I, you I called him a wimp. I said, you big wimp, send your wife in there. (laughs) People are afraid of the dark. Hey, the biggest, baddest, toughest guy around. He gets all spooky in the dark. That's what we're talking about here. It's things we don't know about. It's things you can't see. You just have to take my word for it. (laughs) The Holy Ghost is here. But guess guess what? This ghost will do you no harm. Hallelujah. He will bless you beyond measure. He will be your friend that'll stick closer than a brother. Amen. I I speak to fear right now. I speak to doubt and unbelief in the name of Jesus. Amen. You prepare, verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Come on, devil, it doesn't matter. We're going to do all right, right in the enemy's presence. Amen. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You know how I've always done that. You ever see a little puppy dog following you? Surely goodness and mercy. This is, this is the thing he was saying. This is something out of David's heart. He felt that. He knew that. He understood that. If I keep living for God, if I keep coming to church, if I make it the, the biggest priority in my life, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my, listen, wherever I go, wherever you end up, there's gonna be mercy and good. That's God, that's what that is because there's nobody good but God and there's nobody as merciful. If there's somebody that's, that's, got, that's merciful, that spirit came from God and it's just gonna follow me wherever I, you can't get away from the mercy of God and the goodness of God and the blessings of God. You want to get blessed? Young people, let me just tell y'all something right now. Amen. I'm not going to be on your case like I did last Wednesday. I'm just not going to stay on here, but I'm going to say this right here. Listen, your video games, I'm not going to critique all of that and be policing you. Amen. Your conscience is going to deal with you about that. Amen. But, but, but listen, if you want to get blessed, it's not a video game. It'll cost you, and you'll be out of commission. You'll lose sleep over it. 
Amen. Work with grass can grow up, snow can pile up to the roof, and you'll be in there playing. You can't get any work done. I mean, I can just tell you that right now because that becomes a priority to you. If you want to get blessed, though, you get connected up with the church. Hook yourself up with the people of God. Now, I'm going to tell you why I ended up right here. Brother Granny, y'all know this. You know, I got everywhere I went to church, I got, I ended up up close to where the preacher was. I didn't realize what God was doing even then calling me. Amen. He was getting me ready. I wanted to know what the preacher believed. I wanted to know what he thought about this situation and that situation and, and how do you deal with this and how do you deal with that. Amen. Some of y'all ain't never talked to you. I shake your hand in passing. Amen. You, and that's okay. That's all right. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just simply saying if you want to get peace and joy and power and, and, and if you want to be blessed financially, you get with praying folks and church going folks. Amen. People who believe in worship and prayer. Amen. That's where the blessing is, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Amen. All the days of my life and I will dwell. Here it is. I will dwell. That was the conclusion of the whole matter. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. He is my shepherd and he makes me do some things I don't want to do. That's just kind of what I'm getting out of this. He leads me. He restores my soul. He takes away my fears. He gives comfort. He provides for me. It's not the world that's your friend. You're, you're a light shining hopefully in a dark place. This world is not my home. Remember that old song? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through this place. Amen. James said this life is just a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. We better get a hold of something that's gonna last. And we know what it is. He promises goodness and mercy. Then David concludes by saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. It seems that David was saying, the Lord is looking out for me. He is providing for me in so many ways. The very least I can do is be faithful in coming to his house. I can't believe this, but it's, it's a chore for some people to get here. I mean, I don't know if you just feel like the judgments are gonna be on you. This is gonna, you know, I don't know. Amen. But I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to come here just because God said forsake not the assembly. God said don't, do, don't be missing church. That's what he said. Don't do that. Amen. I don't want to come for that reason. I want to come because I want to be in his presence. I want to come because, amen, I can feel and see, amen, that God is accomplishing something through not just me but all of us. I've said this before, God's not coming back here after me and he's not coming back after you, but he's coming back after us, speaking of his church. Coming back after his church. Hallelujah. I got, I got notes, I gotta, I gotta get going here. Amen. I'm pretty sure that the reason that most of those who do not you know, have a desire to come to church and maybe don't come to church and, and they're a little uncomfortable when they get around all of us being emotional and acting like we do. It's because that they do not know who all of this belongs to. The psalmist in 24 and 1, Psalms 24 and 1, he just explains that pretty clear. Amen, he said, the earth is the Lord's. 
and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. So when we figure out finally, it, it dawns on us who all this belongs to. He owns it all. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The heaven is his throne and the earth is his foot. That's how big God is. Somebody said once in a while, even this morning, I felt him patting his foot a little bit. Felt a shaking. Shook the old footstool a little bit. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Somebody's getting baptized today. Somebody else is thinking about receiving the Holy Ghost. Somebody else says, you know what? I'm gonna be healed, amen, by the presence of the Lord. I'm claiming that. Somebody else is getting a revelation that church is just not a nice place to go to. No, no, no. It's in the plan of God to get you through all of this and to secure you, amen, in doctrine and in every other way. Hallelujah. The church teaches us so many things. Amen. David had a divine revelation here. Amen. Of the blessings and where they were coming from and who owned all of this. His understanding motivated him to make this proclamation because of all of this. Why would I not dwell in his house? In fact, one place he said he'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. I don't have to be the preacher. I don't have to be the main speaker. I don't have to be the singing the special song and doing anything. I don't have to do any of that. If I could just get, if I could just be a doorkeeper. He knew that was better than being out in the world. What was that scripture? One day in his presence is better than a thousand or something like that. He was little, little, things coming out all through the scripture, amen. And I hope somebody gets a revelation today. You know, some folks are like, well, I'll just go to the church and just see what the preacher preaches and see what songs they sing and then I'll decide whether I like this preacher as good as I do the preacher down the road. Or You know, like people shop for churches like they shop for a pair of shoes. <laughs> My God, I gotta get in his house not to just see what somebody does or how they perform or how they look or whether they shake my hand or not. No, no, I've got to get there because God promised that he would be wherever two or three gathered together in his name. That's a promise from God. Listen, I know God's here before I ever feel a goosebump, before anybody ever claps, before anybody ever shouts when we come together, amen. We're here in the name of Jesus. I already know God's presence is here. Why? Because he told me he was gonna be here. He said it in his word. I've got to get to his house. Listen, there's nothing going to keep me from God's house. This is what David was saying. In Acts 27, let me just, let me just I thought of a little story here that most of us know about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach this one of these days. It's just kind of been keep coming around here. Acts 27, Paul was a prisoner on a ship. He was headed for Rome. He was going to, uh, to, you know, go to, to court and, and he's going to go under a trial. You know, he was, he was going to, you know, meet the, you know, the folks there who were going to judge him. And, and, and of course, on this trip, Paul had already warned them not to, you know, not to get out in the ocean. The winds were blowing kind of contrary and he, the clouds looked a certain way. And, and Paul said, hey, you don't, don't, don't let loose here. Don't, you keep the moors and keep the anchors, but but somehow that they ended up going and and uh, they in, they encountered this monstrous 
storm that kept them under its control. That's what storms do, amen, in life. They will, it will keep you under its control. This happened for many days. Some of, some of those men on that ship, I think it was about 200 men. A bunch of them were prisoners, amen, as well as Paul. And some, the scripture says, were about to abandon ship. They were letting down a lifeboat and, and a bunch of them was gonna, they, they afraid the ship was gonna go down and, and they were all gonna be destroyed. Uh, that was their fear, amen. But verse 31, I just, uh, I had to look it up. I wasn't quite sure which verse it was, but Paul said to the centurion, he said, and the soldiers, now I like that part. It just wasn't to this one guy, but he said, he said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. I, I do not believe for one second that that was just kind of a, offhanded, by the way, accident, that he said it just like he did. He, he made it a serious thing here. He said, if you, if you leave the ship, if you get off of this ship, you cannot be saved. Our religious community, and we don't like it either, we don't like that kind of a, we don't like that kind of a direct thing. Oh, you just, that's, is, because people ask me, is this a heaven or hell issue? What difference does it make? You need to get a relationship with Jesus. <clears throat> you know what? I know the Bible said out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Listen, I don't need but one scripture. <laughs> if you're hard-headed, critical, you know, you're putting God to the test, then maybe you need two or three. I understand what it's saying. But, but when I read something in there, hallelujah. Listen, that's what the scripture's saying here. He said, you, and this, by the way, this ship, God, God's church has always been a type, or the ship was a type of the church. Listen, we were saved in an ark. Remember Noah's ark? He found grace in the eyes of God. Amen. And, the, and those who got on the ark, they were spared and saved. This ship is a type of God's church. So guess what? Paul was saying, if you stick with the ship, you're gonna be all right. But anybody that gets off of the ship, you can't make it, you can't be saved. God was saying something prophetic here, amen. I, I believe this tossed and battered ship was and is a type of the church today. Listen, it gets rough on the old ship sometimes. Somebody said about the ark, they said, man, that ark had every kind. You ever, you ever go to a zoo in the summertime? Go by the elephant pen and the, the big animals. I mean, it didn't even have to be the big animals, you know. The hippos are horrible. There's a smell that comes from all of that. I, you know, I, was raised, I don't pay much attention to it. I was raised out on the country farm. We had chickens and, you know, geese and cows and horses and pigs had to have a few hogs feeding them and fattening them up. It didn't smell good. And somebody said, can you imagine what it smelled like in that ark all of those days and weeks and months? I said, yeah, you know what? It was pretty bad in there, I'm pretty sure. But do you ever compare that with the outside of the ark? It wasn't that bad. 
And we can be just like that. Oh, this is going on in the church. Have you seen so-and-so? You've seen how she dresses. Have you seen this? Look at look what he said and how he said it. And it, it, it's stuff. It just doesn't smell that good. But it's but it's always better than what's on the outside. Oh, it's so much better in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to tell you, folks, we've encountered what I call contrary winds. When I, when I use that word contrary, I just think about a contrary old man or a contrary old woman, either way. What do you think about? Oh, just as contrary as she can be. The winds are contrary sometimes. <laughs> Amen. We, we found ourselves in adverse situations. That's just part of it. Amen. There was never a time, folks, though this is what we have to get. There was never a time when the church was not oppressed and attacked. Amen. Never, never a time. The theme of the whole Bible, amen, is evil against anything that God tries to do that's good. That's just the way it is. Listen, Israel didn't hardly get out of Egyptian slavery and they came face to face with the Red Sea. And after that, we got through that and we shouted, we give praise. It, 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 the wording of the King James, it, it seems like it's one of our Pentecostal services. It was victory and they played the tambourine and they all shouted and danced and sang their song. And then they looked up and then there's a wilderness they have to get through. That, that, what that's saying is that's the way it is with us. Listen, when in this world, there's, it's never gonna be a perfect time. Everything is never going to be just right. You know, you know. You mentioned Brother Kilgore. I, I don't. I didn't know C.P. Kilgore, but I knew James Kilgore. In fact, he ordained me and my wife. And and so I, I found myself in my early ministry. And Merle Ewing was another one. Just just such a just such a spirit. Uh, you know, I didn't realize then, but they had been beat up. They had been you know, through the storm and these are men of God and, and things happened when they preached and, and, and people were healed and delivered and great things happened. Churches were established and, and great crowds were moved when Merle Ewan got up and just sung his old songs from way down in here and sitting near them and talking with them and fellowshipping with them. I felt some mercy and goodness. I felt it powerful and I found myself realizing how much I needed what they had. While I was busy about this little aggravation and this little fresh and this little person and this they, they were they were a little fox sent there to just aggravate me. And I would see these men, somehow they had learned along the way just to pass right on by that. Just to go right on over the top of that. Listen, there's something much more valuable <laughs> in this service than how somebody's acting toward you. There's something much deeper in the Holy Ghost that God wants to get through to us and touch us with and bless us with than some little petty something. It's a trick of the enemy, amen. It's never gonna be just right. Everybody's never gonna line up. They're never gonna please us totally, amen. So we're just gonna look above that and look to Jesus and we're not even gonna notice them anymore. Because me and Jesus has got something going on here. 
Hallelujah. And it happens in his house. I'm feeling my Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. There's always going to be something that will, you know, something between us that will hinder us and harm us if it can. It'll be between where we are and where we need to be. That's just the way it goes. Hallelujah. In the last hours of Paul's life, he gave inter, uh, instructions to Timothy, his son in the Lord. And 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the seventh verse, notice, notice what he said here. This is one that we quote. He said, I have fought against, this is the end. They, they, were, they were getting the ax ready to chop his head off and that's what they did. It was gonna fall in a bloody basket and Paul knew that, amen. And he said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course or the race. And he said, I have kept the faith. Notice that he didn't say, that's how I do, I don't know, it's just my crazy way of doing this. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, I've played a good game. He said, I fought a good fight. Ladies and gentlemen, amen, this is a battle that we're in. This is a fight that we're in. Amen. If you want to let the world win, and the world system take over you, if you won't let video games rule your whole life, amen, you want to let the grass grow up and the snow get, you know, they used to say, you know, knee deep to a, to a tall Indian, whatever that meant, I guess just anybody tall. <laughs> that was deep. You go ahead and do that. <laughs> I'm just, y'all were just right here looking at me and I just thought video games. I'm not picking on you. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Facebook to, for older people. I did. I hit the button right there, Brother Johnson. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Tenney looked at me one day and he asked me, was I on Twitter? I said, no, Brother Tenney, I, you know, I'm not on much of anything. You know, I barely do get text messages and, you know, uh, emails and I barely can do all of that. That was a few years ago. And I said, my wife's on Facebook. He said, that will get you in trouble. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. Amen. I was telling Sister Jan, though, uh, she's reading more than Brother Tenney's book, very inspirational, very sharp guy, T.F. Tenney. And, uh, my wife and I saw them at General Conference. They were coming off the platform or that area, that front. And uh, one of the nights we were there, and they came by, and he grabbed a hold of me by my collar. And like Brother Tenney can do that, he can get by with that. I'm not going to let you get by too many of them with that, <laughs> even though I'm not very big. But I like, eh, that's something to do that. But, but he got away with that. He grabbed me, and Sister Tenney was right there, and he said, Brother Curry, don't you ever quit preaching this Jesus name, Holy Ghost Hallelujah, this message, don't you ever stop. And he wouldn't let me go for a little while there. I promised him, I said, yes, sir. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> we, we've got elders, folks. They've blazed this path. They've preached this before we came along. 
Amen. This message is out there in spite of what the world believes in. Amen. And how they counter us and come against us every way we turn. Amen. We got men who have been successful. I heard Brother Johnson teaching today about the old, old people and they would pray, the old pioneers. I thought of one basically just like you told here. It was old Brother Holland. It wasn't Wiley Holland, but it was his brother. And these old men was the ones that would baptize people in those old ponds down in Mississippi and down in Louisiana. They actually claim the old pond. Now you don't you ain't never seen snakes till you get down in you know down that really extreme southern part of the, the country here. And so I've been I lived in all of that and never did learn to like them, but we just had to deal with them. I've been places where you could look and see snakes any direction you want to look at, swimming in the water, climbing in the trees, down by your foot, all kind of snakes, you know. So you just there's been years it was just lots and lots of snakes. But they tell me that they would baptize folks in those old muddy ponds and literally a lot of testimonies that, that they would get go in the water on this side and all the snakes bunches of snakes crawling out of the pond, leaving the pond, going out on the other side. Let me tell you something. Snakes don't do that, all right? They may get a little distance from you, but they don't leave the pond, amen, just because you're baptizing a few folks, amen. But, but, but powerful things took place when men and women decided we're not gonna play church. Church is not just some little nice something. No, 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 this is something we've gotta do. But God spoke to Brother Holland and said, go to Texas. And he took all the money that he had. That's not when, you know, nowadays preachers fly all over the whole place. And then they, when they get there, when they get here, they expect the pastor to pay their plane ticket <laughs> and pay them to preach. Well, we do that. We try our best to do that. Uh, but, but back in those days, they didn't do all of that. He got on a bus, spent all his money to get on a bus to go as far as he could in Texas and driving in the middle of the night in that bus you know, the Holy Ghost spoke to him again and said, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. He said, pull that cord, and this is where you get off. He pulled the cord, the bus driver put on his brakes and said, sir, it's nothing out here. He says, no, nah, no. And he took his little bag, a little suitcase, and got out. There was not a soul out on the highway, long highway. Listen, we need to learn how to listen to the voice of God. They did it in the Bible. Our old pioneers, many of them learned how to do it and they were sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I think there's too much coming in to us. We're, we're occupied too much. We ain't got, if God screamed at us, we wouldn't know it was him. And he got out and he didn't know what to do, but he said, well, God, you told me to do this and so I, this is where I am. And he saw a pickup truck coming. Guy coming in a pickup truck. You know, in the middle of the night, two, three o'clock in the morning, and the guy pulled in, and, he, and they spoke to each other. And uh, he said, uh, you know, I'm a preacher. God just told me to, to come here. Amen. And then that's all I know. And the guy said, I'm a pastor. I pastor down one of these little dirt roads off of the main road way back in the woods. I pastor a good church back here. But he said, I couldn't sleep. And he said, and God told me to get in my truck and just drive out on the highway. And he said, you know, here I, here I am. He said, I've been weeping and praying and asking God for revival and asking God to send somebody. Brother Holland said, here I am. Amen. He got in the truck with a guy and went and preached. Great revival. Miracles took place. People received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, I'm just telling you. Amen. You can think this is just, yeah, we just showed up today and we're going to go back. In fact, we want the preacher to hurry up and get done because I'm hungry. Hey, I want to go eat. And he's the only thing standing between me 
and what I can put in my belly. <laughs> this thing's bigger than that. Paul preached one night so long that a man fell out of a window, I guess an open type window, fell out of the window and died. Y'all think we get long-winded? <laughs> Got to pat myself on the back every once in a while. Blessed is he that toots his own horn. For he toots, if he toots it not, it shall not be tooted. I got to help myself here. They went down, prayed for the guy, and brought him back to life. They brought him, he, Paul went back up and preached the rest of the night. It didn't, church didn't end when that guy killed himself. Why? Because they had priorities. This thing is more important than death. Hallelujah. Nothing more important than this. This is my church. I'm going to dwell here. From now on, this is a part of me. You can't get rid of me. You can't shake me. Hallelujah. Somebody said, oh, my goodness. What are we going to do now? I'm thinking of funny stories now. I know. My time's just about up. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody will fall off the seat and hurt themselves or something. Then we can pray for them. They can be healed. I'll, I'll skip my funny story. Hallelujah. <laughs> 2 Timothy 3 and 12, I'll just go through this. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, watch this, shall suffer persecution. The principle behind the difficulty is the opposition, opposition and the resistance makes us stronger. Listen, if you go to the gym, the exercise equipment, I mean, has weights and bands that resist us and in turn build strength and muscle. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole principle. Paul warned Timothy about Alexander the coppersmith, how he had he did great damage to the true church. He's, Paul said, beware of him. And I love this spirit. This is kind of like a, a Kilgore spirit or a Merle Ewan spirit. Amen. He said, at my first defense, he said, no one stood with me. Now, that's enough just to make me mad right there. Nobody's, nobody's with me. And I'm trying to do this. Right. But notice, we can't leave this next part out. This is the godly part. This is what the Holy Ghost does. What the flesh cannot do, Brother Green. Amen. That next part, may it not be charged against them. Anybody get that? You mean they didn't help us with the candy, candy making coming up? Bless God. Hope they have a flat tire. <laughs> Hope they fall down the steps. Skin their knees up. God, get them. That's what people used to do. Oh, God, get them, Lord. Get them for that. No, 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 no. Paul said, may it not be charged against them. Now, now they didn't quit here. Here's the reason for that. Verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. This is, this is when, when, when we do this, that's, that's a sign that we've lifted our sights above all this that's not right. And all those who treated us wrong, or either, at least we took it that way, whether they did or not. Our little feelings out on our sleeve, our little attitude. Listen, just shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. 
I think that's kind of how God feels about it. I've got something so much more of value. I've got something so much deeper and more powerful, amen, for you, amen, if you could get your mind and your sight off of these things. When an individual decides to become a believer and is filled with God's spirit, that person receives power from God. Remember Acts 1 and 8? Amen, you shall, didn't say you might, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you. However, when one receives the revelation of the body of Christ, remember Paul said the body has, it's one body, but it has many members and becomes just one part of that body. The power is multiplied. Sure, you have power out there by yourself. Sure, you can put demons to flight. But when you come to God's house and you put all the members together, amen. Listen, we need all the power we can get. Get in the church. That's what you do. You get in the church. The church is the one thing that God did not create. Did you know that? The Bible said God purchased the church. He bought it with his own, what a, what a price. He bought it with his own blood. We need to understand that. What that signifies is sacrifice on God's part. If you're looking for a biblical pattern of the early church, you're like, well, the church, no, 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 let's go back to the Bible again. If you're looking for the pattern, Acts 2.42, amen. You can read it anytime you want. In fact, we probably got it here. Amen, amen. They continued, here's the pattern, and they continued steadfastly. In other words, you couldn't move them. Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. It's some things right there. You got to have doctrine. You got to stick with that doctrine. Hallelujah. Somebody said, if you ain't learned the doctrine, then you ain't ready. We got to get the doctrine. You're not a good witness. You're not a good, never going to be a good preacher. Listen, listen I, I, I really do not believe that the destiny of America is in the hands of the White House. I don't believe that. I know there's election everywhere and you can read it and see it everywhere, but I don't believe, amen, that the destiny of our country is in the hands of the White House. I believe it's in the, the hands of God's house. It's the church, the church that's on fire. Hallelujah. Amen. I've asked Brother Johnson to, to uh, sing a song. Did y'all get a song? Did y'all do that? Hey, thank you. I'm closing here. Amen. Uh, the book of Revelation, I don't know, you don't need to turn there or go there or anything, but God was literally pointing out things that he just was not happy with with the church. This, this may be for some folks who just feel like, man, we got to do a lot of things. We got to do better. than we, I understand everything can be done better. I understand that, and I believe that. But, but you can't just keep focusing on all the stuff that's not right because Jesus was right there criticizing and pointing out things. Those seven churches of Asia, amen. Yet he continued to walk among the candlesticks. You know that what that means to me? That means God moves among all of the imperfect folks, all of us. If if we if God waited till we all got everything right, or we get everything right, and then God God shows up. No, no, no. God walks among us, amen, along or in spite of all of our imperfections, our bad attitudes. Are going all week and not praying. 
Everything you can possibly name. Amen. So he's here. Marco Rubio, a young senator from Florida and a Republican presidential candidate, said, he just, just the other day, I, I caught it. Amen. He said, I owe a debt to America that I can never repay. It struck me. Just, just struck me. See, he came from, I think, Cuba or somewhere. His parents came here to this new land and this new country, had nothing. Amen. And he feels like that he owes a debt to this country. And immediately I thought, I owe a debt to the church. I owe a debt to the church. You know, I, I just get so sick of people attacking the church. I get, I get so weary of hearing people talk about the problems with the church. Let me just tell you, folks, there ain't no problem with the church. None. Zero. There's some problems with people in and around the church. That's just called human nature. But there's no problems with the church. Hallelujah. The church took me in. And y'all know the story. I, I won't bore you with it, but my parents were backslidden. I, I really had nothing to offer the church, but the church took me in, prayed me through to the Holy Ghost, explained, amen, the word of God to me, was patient with me, amen. The church believed in me. The church, amen, just, I, I, there's just no way that I can list all of the good things that the church did for me. When I, when I, you know, I left the church down. I was a, a teenager and I, and I backslid. I'm, a, I'm ashamed to tell you, amen. But, but the church forgave me. How, how could I be anything other than loyal and faithful, amen, to a church that just kept praying for me and kept blessing me and kept loving me and kept helping me? How can I, amen, so I am, I owe a debt, amen. And I can't pay it. I'm just going to do the best I can. Are you in search of security, safety, salvation? The church is built on a rock. And the Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. I felt like God wanted us to do this song and I asked Brother Johnson to sing it for us. God bless you, Brother Johnson. Let's all stand together, shall we? Amen. It's worship and praise and honor time again just for the next few minutes. I have journeyed through the long dark night out on the open by faith alone sight unknown and yet his eyes were watching me And the anchor holds 
the ship is battered, the anchor holds, though the sails are torn, and I have fallen, fallen on my knees, as I faced. Life's raging seas, but the anchor holds in spite of the storm. I've had visions and I've had dreams. I've even held them in my hands. But I never knew that they would slip right through like they were only Grains of sand, but the anchor holds, though the ship is battered, and the anchor holds, though the sails are torn. Yes, I have fallen, fallen on my knees as I faced life's raging seas. But the anchor holds in spite of the storm. Well, I have been young, but I am older now. Oh, and there have been beauty that these eyes have seen. But it was in the night. And through the storms of my life, oh, that's where God proved his love for me. And the anchor holds, though the ship is battered. And the anchor holds, though the sails are torn. Well, I have fallen, fallen on my knees as I face the rage.
you, Brother Johnson. What an awesome job. Amen. Just, again, just so you know, the church is healthy. Church is strong. Oh, it's been battered. Hallelujah. It's been ridiculed. Everything you can imagine has happened to the church, but the church is doing well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said the church is doing well. I'm so glad I'm a part of the church. I'm glad I'm a part of this. Amen. I'm glad you're a part of this church. Amen. I'm feeling uh, like some Brother Thompson and Brother Green. We've just we've talked about it a little bit over and over. Just this could be a really, really good year. Amen. For the church. Amen. Or maybe we should say for us. Amen. If we'll get in the church. Amen. Get a used to tell us to get a double-handed grip. Amen. On the things of God. Amen. Be, I can be a better worshiper. I can pray more. I can do more for the kingdom of God. Just let, let's let's uh, let's make some proclamations of our own. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. Forever. This is where I'm going to be. When you come back, God, I'm going to be a part of this church. If it's tomorrow, or if it's you know. 20 years from now, if I'm still around, I'll be connected to the church. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time. Give him thanks for the church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Amen. Don't forget the announcement. Pick up your little paper. Amen. And uh, take it with you and keep up with what's going on around the church. We have a baptismal getting ready here. And so if you want to stay around with us, Amen. We're going to do this just like the Bible said. Amen. In Jesus' name. If we had some music up here, it'd probably be all right. Hallelujah. shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ oh lift up your voice and 
Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet. We're praising for the victory. Well, the weapons we use sing. The weapons we use are not bombs. But worship is the way. Well, this is the way. We're praising for the victory. Said I just can't stop, can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Well, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ. Well, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ. Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing. Tap your hands. Oh, blow the trump. We're praising for the victory. Well, the weapons we use sing. The weapons we use are not bombs. But worship is the way. Yes, this is the Because we're praising for the victory. I said I just can't stop. I just can't stop. Can't stop. I can't stop, I won't stop, oh no, I can't stop, praising his name, I just can't stop, praising his name, I just can't stop, praising his name, Jesus, well I said I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise and I gotta get it out, I gotta praise, yes I said I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. Well, I said hi. I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. Hallelujah. Hey, Brother Jason, amen. When you go down, amen, I'm just gonna speak the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over you, the name that's above every name. But I need to say this. We've made an agreement, amen, that when he comes out of the water, I think I can get some believers here, amen. We're just gonna, you're gonna receive the baptism of the Spirit, amen. Uh, Brother, Brother Jerry Klein actually has been teaching Brother Jason and Brother Jason, he has spoken the truth to you, the truth. And here's what the Bible said about truth. He said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, now what, what does it make you free? Anything that might hinder you, harm. The, the, the spirit, I'm thinking just now, when you know the truth, then fear, it takes precedence over fear. And so when you know, like, I'm sitting in the right place, I'm about to do the perfect will of God, then all that fear, that's the truth. 
So that fear is going to have to leave you. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that God's going to put some kind of language in your mind first. Amen. And you're going to break loose here. Amen. And you're going, you're going to give an opening for the Holy Ghost to come in. Hallelujah. And we're praying for the boldness, which should be the opposite of being scared and afraid. And it's a common thing. All right. Some people, just everybody has it. They just don't admit it. All right. And so, so what we're going to do is just take authority over that, that fear. Amen. And you know what? You're in the right place at the right time, right in God's will. Amen. With the right name, the name that's above every name spoken over you. Couldn't get, you can't get better than that. You can't get better. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Jason, amen. Amen. We now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins. Let's give praise I to him. I said I just can't stop, can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, God. Whoever in me shall bow. Thank you, Jesus. That Jesus Christ receive the Holy Ghost. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Whoever in me shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing for clap your hands. Oh, blow the trump. We're praising for the victory. It's the Holy Ghost. Oh, the weapons we use sing. The weapons we use are not bombs. Cause worship is the way. Well, this is the way. We're praising for the victory. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Well, we're praising all the weapons we use. Sing the weapons we use are not bombs and worship is the way. The way that the battle is won. Well, this is the way. Oh, we're praising for the victory. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus can't stop. I won't stop. Oh no, I can't stop. 
Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Well, I said, I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get it out. I got to praise. Yes, I said, I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get it out. I got to praise. One more time, I said, I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get it out. I got to praise. Hallelujah. 